given to us, so many gifted souls, families that have voice, gifted voice. This is a wonderful time of the year that we get to look at the Easter story and we as resurrection people, it is our DNA as Christians, as believers, those who seek the way. Each and every one in their own way is on a journey. God is guiding us. And as a people who believe in things, God has opened the door to great understanding and revelation. Um, I was thinking about just our New Testament lesson as you know, my future son-in-law, he's a Coptic Christian from Egypt. The uh, Coptic church is a first century church. They have very ancient beliefs. They have a number of beliefs that we in the West do not have. One of their beliefs is that their priest can walk through doors. That's what's the scripture. They actually believe their priests have powers to walk through doors. So if you see me pop in your house, don't be scared and run away uh, if your door is locked. Uh, I haven't found that power yet. I've been looking for it, but I can't seem to have that power. And the other power is um, in the New Testament, Jesus takes the boat and he goes immediately to the other side. So they believe in the power of teleportation. Their preachers can move you know, great distances. So I've been wanting to, you know, maybe have, you know, the power to go to Disneyland, but it's just not happening. And um, it's just amazing uh, how the church has many beliefs, many traditions, yet we have the common belief that we are an, uh, just a resurrection people, the people of Christ. The scripture is found in Revelation, the first chapter, the fourth verse. John to the seven churches that are in Asia. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth to him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and made us to be a kingdom priest serving his God and father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And on his account, all the tribes of the earth will wail. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Let us pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Well, such a wonderful idea to see how God is working on us to make us ready for eternal things. As you know, in the scripture, I always look for not just the obvious, but that which is hidden, that only the Holy Spirit can reveal. 
Revelation is a very powerful book written by John, a book of visions, as he describes not only what has been, what is, but is to come. John makes it very clear that we are part of a journey. Everything is in motion towards heaven or hell. God has put into direction the very course of the earth and stars and of our lives. And no matter how we live our life, God has a plan for us to find salvation. But that is indeed the challenge that we face. John, he is writing to the seven churches that are in Asia. John is on the island. He's having these visions of God. In the early church, they had an argument about the inclusion of the Revelation letter. But the more they looked at it, the more they realized this is not just fancy talk or prophetic word that serves another purpose. They see in the word the hand of God. And that word is present here today. In fact, it's etched into our very building. On the back stained glass, you see the letters when you leave, or you can turn now and look, the Alpha and Omega, the first and last, just the first and last letter of the Greek alphabet. And it's amazing how you can take the language and the words and create even more words. And God is saying in this, he is creating possibilities. So let's look first at what it means to be an Easter person. First, we're going to look at time. Time is the first element. You see it here. Who is, who was, who is to come. That, you see that in our Holy Communion. That very verbiage is in our communion. Who is, who was, who is to come. I've always thought that was interesting because it doesn't start with the past and the present and the future. It starts with the present, goes back to the past, and then skips to the future. Notice it. It says, who is. That's current now. Who was, that's past, and who is to come, that's future. Even in the very way it's written, we see that God is the master of time. See, God not only sees time in totality, he sees time connected. Did you know how many frames it takes for still images to become a video? 24 frames per second. The human eye then will perceive the images as a video. The reason I know that is I put on some of the first videos ever in the Methodist church on the internet. And we were having videos like 15 frames per second. The software was very limited. And it looked like an old Charlie Chaplin movie where the bishops were walking like this. And it was so funny. And people said, they're walking funny. I said, bishops always walk funny. And of course, we had to get new technology to speed it up. So when you're watching these, uh, just these TVs and you're watching high definition, uh, your eye perceives image at 24 frames per second. Any slower, it doesn't look right. Any faster, you can't really see it. Truth is high definition is great, but the truth is it doesn't really make that much difference. Your eye can only see a certain amount when you look at it. So here, the present is the focal point. God's eye is on this moment. God is looking at us at this moment. He's, he's piercing through the sin and the doubt and despair and the clouds, and he's looking directly at us now. He sees us for everything we've done, and he knows every possibility of what we're going to do. See, God doesn't just see what will happen. He sees what can happen. 
We're going to get to that in a minute because that's one of the keys to being an Easter person is to realize our Lord is with us. So God is the master of time. So to be an Easter person, we don't think of it as the world does. The world thinks of it as a clear beginning, a middle, and an end. We think of it like a ball game where you have a quarter and a half and a third quarter and a final, or you see it in the sense of life that you're born a certain day and you die a certain day and you live somewhere in between. But an Easter person doesn't see it the same way. The truth is we see it now for this moment. What is God doing right now in our lives? And if we see that, we'll start to understand God is working a miracle right now. And we can look at the past, what was, and know that he was there, and look at the future and know that he's going to be there. There's a lot of questioning in our culture right now about this. People are trying to rewrite history and unwrite history. People are trying to wipe uh, anything that was off the map, thinking somehow if we can just clear the deck, uh, it can somehow be made better. But the truth is, what was is a part of what is. There's continuity. The fact is, we're where we are because of things that have happened. When Adam and Eve committed the violation, it set into course the progression that leads to a world that is sinful and broken. We can't rewrite that. We can't make that change. We can't suddenly say everything is fine and we can forget about the past. We must realize we got here because of a reason. And that reason is the past. And it's not just bad reasons, it's good reasons. God has been in our lives and has helped shape us. And I can tell you right now, each of us are that promise. God made it possible for us to be together here at this time. So when we start to doubt where we are, realize God is with us and help put us where we are so we can go to the future. So we start now, we look at where we have been, and then God points us to where we're going. Now, where are we going? Well, the hymn, the hymn told us that. The great music told us that. We're going to heaven. We're going to heaven. That destination is where we're going. I was saying to Eddie earlier, in the past year, over 3,000 Christians have been, have been killed in the world. The Christian church is the most persecuted church on earth right now. As we know, Easter Sunday, the bombings, and even more. In fact, they, even haven't, they haven't even had a mass over in Shiranka because the bishop will not have it because there's actually more attacks planned as soon as they have a mass. They're trying to drive the Christian church out of that nation. We live in a world that's intent on stopping this belief what is it about this belief that so threatens the world? Is it the hope? Is it the love? Is it the peace? I think all those things are certainly factors, but I also think the factor is they do not realize, they do not see that this is the true faith. The other faiths are not. We can't have it both ways. One faith wins. One faith is the answer. 
Now, do we want a faith that kills people and persecutes people and dominates people and enslaves people and calls people all sorts of bad things? Or do we want a faith that gives us opportunity and hope for love in our life and for something more? See, our God is the God of time, and God is seeing all of time unfold before him, and every possibility God is making his kingdom where it will unfold. So the Christian looks at it this way. We don't wake up in the morning and go, it's morning, then there'll be noon, then there'll be evening. We say today is a new day. We start at the beginning, which is now. Today will be God's day. Then we say, you know, what put me here today? Why am I here? Because of the faith of my father and my mother and my family and my friends, all the history that went into me being who I am. And then we look forward. What does God have in store for me today? The Christian does not see it like the world sees it. We see time in a whole different way. The second thing the scripture tells us is we see treasure in a whole different way. To him who has loved us and freed us from our sins by his blood. See, the Christian faith is not based on what we receive. It's based on what we give. Our treasure is not what we receive. If you look at these false ideas and beliefs, these other faiths that are not Christian, they talk about everything they're going to get. They're going to have this and that in heaven. They're going to have all sorts, of, all sorts of people and power. They're going to be kings and gods in their faith and their belief system across the board and all the other faiths. But the Christian faith, we don't talk about a lot of things in heaven. We don't, we don't even know we're going to be singing in heaven, but name one single possession mentioned in the scripture we will receive in heaven. Even the precious gold that we hang to and we hold on to and we value life uh, uh, just about is, is something we walk on in heaven. See, heaven is not about what we receive, it's what we give. It's what we give and we give our love to our God. We give our heart to our Lord. We give our voice to his praise. We come to give. The Christian faith is about giving. We come to church to give. We give in our tithes, we have an offering table, we give in our heart, we give with our fellowship with one another, we give with our leadership on committees, we give. We are a people of giving. People I've noticed who always complain the most are the ones that don't give that much because they figure they give complaints. But the true kingdom is made up of those who give sacrificially. They give a tithe. They give what God would have them give. See, we are called to give the treasure, our lives to God. See, that is the Christian way. That is the Easter way. We are called to be a people who are generous with our hearts and our treasure. And that's what Jesus did. He loved us and he freed us by his blood. He gave the greatest gift of all. He gave his very life so that we can be made a kingdom, a priest serving his God and Father. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So as an Easter person, we look at time different and we look at what we have, our treasure different. And finally, we look at who we are and what we can do. And that brings us to the Alpha and Omega, our talent. I was saying to Brad earlier, as you know, I've been studying this quantum physics thing. I want to be the first quantum preacher in Methodism. I just got this idea. Um, so I can just suddenly appear in a house or I can, tra no, that's, that's not why I'm wanting to do it. Though that would be cool. 
That would be kind of scary, though, wouldn't it, if I just suddenly popped in the back. Uh, let's count, one, two, three. Nope, didn't happen. Sorry. My faith must not be great enough, but it will. I'm going to keep praying because in heaven I'll be where I need to be next to my Lord. So what is our talent? Well, our talent is what our ability is. And as we know, our ability, and everyone who serves on a committee know, it's not based on your leadership. It's based on your availability is why you're on a committee. See, talent is our availability that we are able and we are willing and we step forward and we have a can-do attitude. See, that's what Jesus is saying here as an Easter person. Our talent is being able and available to do what God would have us do. Now, what does that have to do with the Alpha and Omega? Here's an interesting thing. Uh, we have the power of words. As a species, we can talk, we can speak. We can do more than that. We can sing, we can argue. We can do all kinds of things with our words. We can create new words. We can say words. We can write a love letter. We can write a hate letter. We can write in the sand. We can write in the clouds. We had the power of words. And it's amazing between A and Z in our language, the English language, or in other languages in the Greek language, Alpha and Omega, if you take all those letters, you can create all the words that you need. That's all you need is just the letters in your life. All you need is just the ability to speak, and you can make something come into being. And that's what I was saying about quantum physics, the brain. That in quantum physics, if you look at it, it's very strange. It's either a wave or a particle when you look at the quanta but it does not become a wave or a particle till you perceive it. So in other words, your perception makes it what it is. Oh, wow. You mean I can make it what it needs to be? My dreams can become true? My hopes can be realized? My truth can be known? Just look at Christ. Christ saw the possibility that could come through the cross. And he saw the empty tomb as a solution. He saw the possibilities of an eternal kingdom where not only he is with the Father, but we are with the Father. He made possibilities. Now, truth is, if you make words into bad words or into negative words, well, life will be more negative. I believe our culture has been infected by negativity. I think behind all this new visionary language is negativity. People are very negative right now. They're negative about politics. They're negative about authority. They're negative about everything they can possibly be negative about. And it's just a sad statement that they do not see what today holds. Because if I wake up in the morning and I say, it's going to be a horrible day, this is going to be a terrible day, I don't even want to go, this is bad, it's going to rain, it's going to thunder, it's going to storm. And the fact is, how we see the day makes the day. And as a church, we need to quit focusing on what is bad and focusing on what is good. And what has God done? God has created an ability to create a language of Easter a language of hope, a language of aspiration, a language where we reach for the better nature of who we are. And I believe that. 
And I practice that. And there's times that it gets hard in life and you want to think about, oh, what's going to happen with all this persecution? Where's the church going to be? And then I'm reminded that I can help shape that future because God has given me the power to see the future unfold in my life. We can't help things that happen to us, but we can help what we do about it. We can't help when bad things happen to good people, but we can help how we respond. Let's look what happened to the early church. And their Lord is gone. He's been hung on a tree and they're scared and they're hiding in a room. And suddenly God, Jesus Christ, pops right in their midst through a locked door. He enters in and he tells them, what's your problem? Don't you know I'm still with you? I told you I would be. And here I am and your lives will never be the same. We are part of the language of Alpha and Omega. God has written us. In fact, we're told uh, as we go to heaven, uh, our name is read out. God reads who we are from the Lamb's book of life. And in that language, our salvation is pronounced. And so we understand as an Easter people, he's changed the way we look at time. We now see it not as what was, what is, what will be, but we see it for what it is. And everything that has gone before and everything that is to come. I had this revelation about time early in my ministry and it shaped everything I started to see. And it wasn't that I had to go from, you know, just beginning, middle, end, but I started seeing all things coming to this point. Now you may say, what, what are you talking about, preacher? I'm saying right now, right here, in this place, at this moment, everything that you perceive as wrong in your life, can be taken away and you can start anew and you can be born again at this moment. That's happened to me on many occasions. And you all know my stories. And as you know, as a pastor, when you share stories, you share part of self and there's no greater vulnerability that's given, but also it's based in love. Because what I share is not a sad story and a sad song. I'm not a country star. My story is one of hope because I stand here as a child of the risen Lord. My story is I'm going to heaven. Won't you come with me? My story is I'm filled with hope. So don't give me no hopelessness. My story is pick up that sad sack that you have and throw it into the river and let's go over the bridge together to where God is calling us. I know it's hard. I know it's bad, but that's what used to be. Let's look at what is. What is God doing at this moment? Yes, the church is being attacked, but we're standing stronger. Yes, the churches are burning, but we're building new. Yes, the churches are growing, but the world, it is fighting we must look at what God is doing at this moment. And it's based on what we do and how we give. Generosity will win the day. Hope will win tomorrow. His life wins it all. See, our treasure is us giving that. And finally, our talent. What words are we going to say today? What words will we say tomorrow? What life will we choose? You remember that episode of Andy Griffith where uh, it was the Maytag man? You remember the Maytag man? You remember the guy played on the Maytag? Some of you don't have any idea. Commercials used to be fun. We didn't skip through them. We didn't have technology. 
with a guy played on the Maytag uh, uh, and his wife in the episode, they fight all the time. They just fight and they have to call Andy. And, you know, Andy goes down there and they just arguing and fighting and they're saying all kinds of bad things at each other. And Andy, he says to the woman, he says, I want you to say good things. And he says to the man, I want you to say good things and, and you can call her darling and she can call you honey. And in the episode, they start, just start calling each other darling and, and, and honey and they start being very positive and, and everything is good. And every time you see them, they're just so loving and they're positive. But then they start arguing everybody in town and they start screaming at everybody in town. Remember, they argued everybody. And finally, they have to have Andy go and undo everything he's done because he's made them nice to each other, but not nice to other people. Now, we do have a choice, you know. You can be nice to your own, or you can be nice to other people, or you can be nice to both, or you can be ill to both. We have four choices. It's a quadrant. You can choose one of four. But the truth is, there's only one answer. And that answer is be nice to God. Because I tell you right now, you're not nice to God, he will get you. And mark my words, I fear the Lord. This culture thinks it can do what? Did you know in Washington State they just passed a law of human composting? Yeah. People now can choose to have their remains composted for the good of the earth. Something's wrong with people. I know it's a cheap funeral, but my Lord have mercy. What, what is wrong with people? People are choosing the wrong thing. They're choosing somehow Mother Earth and, and, and Mother Nature is going to embrace them. Well, go hug a tree and see what bugs you get on you. What is wrong with these people? There I go again. I'm, I'm, starting, I'm starting to rant again. The preacher's ranting. He's getting older and ranting. No, I'm not. I'm trying to prove the point that if we start to see things in a negative way, then all we'll know is negative. If we see it in a way that something will happen that's positive, then God will work in our lives and we will end up being the better for it. We are called to be an Easter people. So what do we want to see? I want to see you kids. I want to see you grow up. Not that you need to grow up. I love you being kids. But you got a whole life ahead of you. My Lord have mercy. Y'all got all kinds of things you can do. The world is there. The possibilities are endless. I want you to grow up in a world that you are safe and able to learn and to grow. And I just thank God that you're part of us here at Spring Hill and will always be a part of this church. I see this church prospering, continuing to grow, not just financially, but in numbers and members and family. I see the good that God is doing in our midst. I know we have challenges, but we will meet the challenges and we will go forward together. I see hope. I see hope, even when the, it just doesn't look that good and we may get information and news we do not want to hear, still God gives us hope. See, I see all that is possible. Do we see that? Let us pray. Dear Lord, help us see as Easter people what is, what was, what is to come. Let us know that it's what we give and not what we receive that makes up the kingdom. And most of all, Lord, let us know that you have given the word in our life. And that word is eternal. 
We ask your blessings be with us today, that we may grow in grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.